This is a WTOP original podcast. Welcome to another episode of The Vine Guy. I'm your host, Scott Greenberg. In this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Steros Tatsis of Domain Tatsis, who produces Greek wines. Now, today we're going to explore the unique terroir of Gome Nisa. It's an appellation that has wonderful characteristics and a grape varietal called Zinomavro. Those are the wines, you know, some of the grapes that are going to be grown there. I'm going to let Stereos talk about that because while I love tasting wine, it's really sometimes hard to pronounce the wines. Well, I invite everyone to drink in this conversation with Stereo Tatsis, a Greek wine producer. Hello. Yes, Stereos, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your hospitality. Oh, this is wonderful. I, you know, I've got to tell you, I'm very excited, except for one thing, trying to pronounce both your <laughs> <The> names, names. <laughs> your, your, your appellation. And, no, and, I will, I will uh, pronounce for you. Oh, thank you. That would be wonderful. So, tell me a little bit about where you're from in uh, in Greece and what's uh, so special about this appellation. I mean, now I know you've got 32, what we would call acres, I think it's it's different in hectares, but about 32 acres of vineyards. It's about 14 hectares. Okay. And and you have several different varietals that you're varieties that you're growing there. Yes. Great varieties. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, I'm from uh, North Greece. Okay. My village uh, is Gumenisa, as you said before, and it's uh, the smallest appellation zone of Greece. Really? Yes. Also has um, the appellation uh, wine of Gumenisa. They have two varieties. One is Xenomavro. Xenomavro, which, which I said. Yes, correctly. <laughs> and very, very... And the the second one is Negoska. So the Gumenis Appellation wine must have at least 20% of Negoska grape in it. So you can make the blend whatever. Whatever you want. As long as it has that 20% in it. Of Negoska. Of Negoska. Now, what if you don't care about having the Appellation sticker on it? Then you can do whatever you want? Or uh, you, do you can still... make PGI's uh, wines. Okay. Protecting destination of protecting geographical education. Okay. But do all of your wines have uh, Negoska? No. Negoska. Negoska. Most, the, the 90% of our vineyards are Greek varieties. Okay. So the, the main varieties we cultivate are uh, Xenomavro, Negoska, and Roditis. Roditis is a white variety. Okay. Not white, exactly. It's uh, pink. Uh, pink like skin. Like a rosé? or No, it's like... It's got a pink skin, not Pino, a white Pino skin. Grigio. Okay, sure. So it's got a, a pink hue, Yes, as we would say. Uh, but it's, uh, it's Roditis Alepu. Alepu means uh, fox. Okay. Fox, uh, and uh, we use uh, this clone because Roditis has many clones okay. in Greece. So, and uh, Roditi, you can find it mostly in all over the Greece. All over Greece. But I'm not familiar with it too much in the United States. I'm talking about the grape and the cultivation. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. But uh, so we will get to that a little bit later because I do want to know about what yes. the impact is of Greek wines, you know, here in the United States. But we'll get to that mm-hmm. because I also noticed in the notes that you also were growing Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Senso. Uh, they are a very small part of our vineyards. Okay. And, uh, we mostly do blends uh, for uh, the domestic uh, market. The dom- so they stay in Greece? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. And yes. I also noticed that you've implemented biodynamic agriculture. Since that, uh, 2002. Uh, that's pretty cool. Is that like a thing uh, that's going on in Greece or are you leading the way? Because uh, Now the last years yeah. it's a little bit of fashion. Yeah. And uh, because of the market a lot of people started to do of the fashion. But we... When I say we, I mean me and my brother, Pericles. Right, Pericles. Because we own 
together the right. the winery and the, the uh, we start uh, the biodynamic in 2002. Which is kind of ahead of the curve. It's before uh, it really became fashionable. Look, uh, for, for us, uh, biodynamic is the pure organic farming. Right. And? Because uh, the last years in organic farming, uh, you can use many things that's organic. Right. But many things. Right. So no, the I, point yeah. is to produce a wine in our, uh, uh, in our situation, produce a wine using the less things you can... Uh, so you, you want to be as pure as possible in yes. the vineyard. Yes, yeah. because and it's not the point only what to use during the production of the wine or the vine, are, but uh, also for us is the less we can use uh, machinery in the vineyard. That counts to what we use in, in the vineyards. So even the machinery is an element that also the machinery are uh, an element that affects the wine. Okay. I, no, I get it's, that. It's uh, yeah. our philosophy. Right. Yeah. You so wanna... we try to use as much as uh, less of all this. And that's why we our philosophy is closer to biodynamic. Okay. Now, you, you talk about the 2000, you know, starting biodynamic in, in 2002. In 2002, we had a seminar in right. Athens. Yeah. We were three wineries there. Us, can I say the other Up to two? you, it doesn't matter. It's okay, a, yeah. it's uh, us, uh, Sklavos Evriviadis. Sure. From Kefalonia. Oh, and yeah. uh, from uh, Spat Athens, uh, Yorgas Dimitris. All right. So the names were uh, Greek accent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Easy for you to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, okay, but 2002 is when you started the biodynamic. But yes. let's go back a little bit because your family has been uh, refugees. But before, but they've been for generations. They've been great growing. They've been grape farmers. Uh, yes, yes. Wine grape farmers. So this isn't just new to your, you and your brother. This has been going on for generations yes. in your family. Yes. Even though, as you said, you noted that they were refugees, um, and I believe after World War II settled. The, when they came to, they were came from a, a Greek village uh, in uh, in uh, nowadays in, in Bulgaria. From yeah. Bulgaria, there yeah. was a, a Greek village. And uh, mostly the production was wine and silk. So when they came refugees in 1924 in Greece, uh, they found uh, Gumenisa, uh, which uh, in Gumenisa cultivated also uh, vines and uh, silk. So the people who done the same work there stay in Gumenisa. Right, so just they, they, they had place, same thing. Yes, they had. Uh, and that's where the they settled. Day, they from the next there. day, they had work. Right, they had something. They knew the work. They knew how to to continue their lives. So, they, so your family, your grandparents, emigrated in, in, there in 1924. Yes, correct. and then the family has been farming there ever since. Yes. Wow. So you and your brother Pericles, as we said, your brother, as I understand it, does a lot of work in the vineyard. You're doing most of the work in the winery. Uh, we both do. But I hear that it blurs a lot. Uh, there's a lot of crossover between you and your brother. Sometimes. Is this good? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you say sometimes. Yes, it's good. Yeah, but you are predominantly responsible for the winemaking? Yes. For the most part? Okay, yeah. But mostly the decisions are from both of us. Okay, and what about in the vineyard? Uh, uh, everywhere, Same? everywhere. Wow. Which one uh, is responsible for one section? So when uh, we had to take a decision, we discussed it together. Okay. And uh, this is the, the most uh, important for me. Now, I also noticed in researching you <laughs> that uh, there there's also this uh, natural wine 
movement. Now we we talk about biodynamic, but you know we we carry that over into what I would refer to as natural wine. Can you talk a little bit about what your philosophy is with natural making natural uh, wine? Natural wine for us. That's why we also went to biodynamic uh, cultivation. The natural wine for me is it starts from the vine. Okay. So uh, you have to you must have a very healthy vine. You must know the vine. You must, for me, you must cultivate yourself with the vine to know the grape. So when the grape came to the winery to start producing the wine, you have the biggest percentage of the work done. So for me, the most important making natural wine is to know the origin of the wine, of, of the, the grape, sorry. Right. Because so, the wine starts with the grape. Yes, because uh, it's not possible to buy grapes and say, I make natural wines because I don't use yeast, enzymes, and uh, sulfites. Okay, so let's talk about that. For a lot of people listening probably know what natural wine is. Some people might not. Isn't all wine natural? I mean, it all comes from grapes, and grapes come from nature. Yes, uh, so why they, isn't all wine considered natural? What What is the definition uh, of natural wine? The definition wine? is uh, not to use an illogical substance. A lot of people think this. Okay. Uh, such as yeasts, enzymes. Well, you have to use yeast. You're just no. using you're just using wild yeast. Yes, but I'm not. But uh, not manufactured yeast. Uh, yes, I'm not adding manufactured yeast. Okay. And uh, the point is, uh, uh, you must have a clean a clean space in uh, the a clean winery. Okay. When I mean clean winery, I mean if you use even one uh, yeast from uh, market. Mm-hmm. It's con- uh, the place is contaminated. Okay, so, so it really has uh, to be scrubbed clean. Yeah, you just uh, use natural to, yeast. So y- you must never use, never use any uh, yeast from uh, the market. Only then you can say have a clean winery. Right. Otherwise, and it's contaminated. It's not possible to to clean it with any way. So um, not to get theological, but really all you can do is make wine with what God gave you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you're using well, natural my, yeast. My father used to make the, that kind of wine. My grandfather did the same. Same thing. They didn't have uh, these. Are, not not only my father and my and grandfather, enzymes. but in the 60s, uh, 50s, they didn't use any yeasts okay. or enzymes. They make wine. Okay. The, uh, that's they why just I, I said ferment. you have to work in the, in the vineyards to have a very good product to bring in the winery so you can make good wine. I'm going to ask you a controversial question. At least I think it's controversial. In, in order to be labeled a natural wine, do your grapes have to be biodynamic or can they be organic? No, there is no or is labeling any, natural wine. There you is know, none. No, you cannot okay. write natural wine on the label. All right. It's just... You can write uh, organic uh, or wine biodynamic. or biodynamic wine. Okay. And when you're making natural wine, are you allowed to add sulfites to stabilize the wine? I'm asking. I don't Not, know. Uh, Do for example, do the wine we're going to taste, the Gumenisa Appellation 2004, Yeah, it's now 15 years old. Yes. The sulfites are zero. Total and free are zero. Really? Okay. Yes. Well, we're going to get to that because I'm don't excited have... about that. Now, you... So it depends. Uh, some In some of um, our wines, I add a very small quantity of sulfites. Just before bottling, but not, not in but all. N- very, very little. Uh, it sure. depends uh, from the analysis, and if uh, I'm okay, I never, uh, I don't use. So you mentioned earlier that you're from. Let's see if I get this right. Gomanisa. Yes. All right. Go me. So you're from Gomanisa, and the predominant 
grape, as we mentioned, was Zinomavro. And Negoska. And Negoska. Two, two grape varieties. Two grapes, right. Tell me about that appellation. You said it's the smallest appellation in Greece. In Greece, yes. Now, what does it look like? What does uh, it feel like? Is it, uh, is it desert-like? Is it, no, is it lush? It's not is desert. it beautiful? No, is desert. It, it's I, very, it's beautiful. I, I, it's, uh, I don't know this The area. elevation in Gumensa, in the village, is about 250 meters. Okay. The vine, the, the vineyards, uh, until 450 elevation. We okay. have this elevation from 250 to 450. All right. Surround, Gumenisa uh, is surrounding by hills, very small hills and a lot of hills. And mostly our vineyards are on top of these uh, hills. Okay. Do you dry farm or irrigate? or? No, no, we don't irrigate. Wow, okay. No, we don't irrigate. And I, I don't have pictures here to show you. Uh, it's okay, it's a podcast. There are, uh, anyway. <laughs> no, just for you. And uh, I have a picture of... Our vineyard, one part of our vineyard, right. and the next vineyard that it's not ours, not irrigated both, uh-huh. are, uh, the picture is completely different. The, uh, you, our vineyard is green, and the other is... Not so green? Not so green. I personally am very interested in this appellation, because and, and, I'm, I'm not familiar with it. You're invited also, if you come to Greece. Really? Yes. You're so nice. All right. You know what? It's a date. Figure out a way to get over there. Now, we did talk about the two grape varieties that you're growing there, Zinomavro and, and Negoska. Tell me about those. Tell me a little bit more about them. Like, what's their aging potential? I know we've got one in front of us that's 15 years old looking for you. Uh, tell me why these grapes, are they're indigenous to the region? Yes, uh, especially Negoska. It cultivated only in our zone, in our Appalachian zone, Negoska. Uh, there's n- no other place in Greece that you can find it. Zinomavro is... Uh, North Greece, both are North Greece, Greece varieties. Xenomoro is in uh, another three Appalachian zones. So it's four, four Appalachian zones that uh, they use Xenomavro. It's uh, our zone, Gumenisa, Nausa, Amidio, and uh, Rapsani. Rapsani and Gumenisa is a blend Appalachian. The other two are 100% Xenomavro. Okay, so when we say Xenomavro, by the way, it's actually spelled X. I-N-O-M-A-V-R-O, just so people listening could know. And Negroska is N-E-G-O-S-K-A. So, yeah, (laughs) I think it's important for, you know, we're going to spell those out. And what's the aging potential of these wines? The characteristics of these uh, grapes are Sinomavro has has a lot of acidity, uh, a lot of tannins, a little bit aggressive, so must work very carefully in the vineyards and a little bit in the winery. Negoska also has tannins. It's more col- uh, colorful than uh, Xenomavro. The, the, the tannins of Negoska are more round, more smoother than okay. Xenomavro. The potentials uh, to weight, I believe if you have a very good quality grape, you can make over 30, 35 years uh, to age. Uh, wow. I believe it. Wow. But you you must have a very good quality uh, grape. Wow. Now, you had mentioned to me earlier that Zinomavro, uh, uh, what does it mean in, in, in English? Zinomavro, it means, the... in, if we make a free translate, yeah. it means uh, acid black. Okay. Zino is acid, sour. Right. And uh, Mavro is black. So black acid. Yeah, not... like <laughs> <it>. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> not something I necessarily want to put Sorry. in my mouth, but I'm, we're going to. I mean, we're going to try it because I'm excited about this. Uh, and then, you know, because, again, not really knowing a lot about these wines, we're not exposed to them much. In the, here in the U.S. market, I'm curious uh, what you think. Sino, the, Sino Mavro is most little bit uh, most uh, known because of the other three Appalachian zones. So a lot of people know Sino Mavro. Negoska not so much. Not so much. What do you think so the much. potential is for for not just Sino uh, Mavro and Negoska, but uh, for mo- for all Greek wines here in the United States? Is it up and coming? Or yes, people because, really learning more because about of this? the uniqueness. You can find it only in Greece. Greece has been making wine a yes. long, long More time. More than 3,000 years. Okay, so they probably have it down. <laughs> <laughs> And we're not going to be tasting any 3,000-year-old wine today. I'd love to, but where can we find? Well, I don't know, but we're going to try a 15-year-old in a, in a few Maybe minutes. In, in the sea. In, in the sea, something. yeah, in the bottom. In uh, Atlantis. Might Maybe. still have a Maybe. few bottles. Maybe. Yeah. So before we go into the wine tasting, I'm just, uh, if you were to describe yourself as, as a grape variety, what grape variety would you be? What's your personality like? Sinomavro. Yeah? Black acid? Yes. <laughs> Because I can be smooth, but I can be very aggressive. Okay. I like that. I like, it's a good answer. I, and then, by the way, sitting just a few feet from you, I believe that. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm excited about trying these wines. You have brought for us two wines and two you, of our wines. Two yes. of your wines. Can you and you, you uh, make over a dozen wines, from what I understand? Yes, because uh, we, as I told you before, we mostly work with the Greek varieties, and uh, we try to make different wines from the same grape. Right. Uh, for example, uh, here we have uh, two two labels. One is Sino uh, Mavro 2009. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other is uh, our Appalachian Gumenisa, which is 65 Xino Mavro, 35 Negoska, 2004. We make, uh, until now, five labels using Xino Mavro and Negoska. Okay. Either uh, 100% or blend. And the first one we're trying... The first one... Is 100%? 100% Xino Mavro. Okay, and it's 2009. Yes. Um, since I'm, I'm not familiar with this variety as much, I can only describe it to you as, as something I am familiar with. And right off the nose, I mean, if I was smelling this blind in, um, in, and I had no idea, it, to me, it's very Rhone-like. It, 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 it smells like a, a beautiful Southern Rhone wine where you're getting these great, a, a nice lift of earth and tobacco. And then you get these beautiful red fruits that are, yes. are lifting um, up out of the glass. The aroma to me is is reminiscent of that. So I'm very curious in the mouth. I mean, you know, again, in 2009, so it has some a little bit of age on it, which is yes. pretty cool. And for me, it's still young. Mm. Well, wow. That is a great mouthful of wine. Again, you know, describing it only in ways, you know, it's rustic and elegant at the same time. That is really interesting. I mean, you sort of get a little bit of a tannin grip at the very beginning uh, of this wine. When you put it in your mouth, there's a little bit of, you know, kind of that tannin pop. And then all of a sudden it just dissolves and becomes a very, very elegant, smooth. very smooth yes. on the back end. And you're just getting a lovely mixture of, of red fruit and, and violet and sort of a floral element to it. Again, now I'm thinking Cote Roti, right? Again, I'm trying to think of what I know that I've had before that I would compare this to because in you know that coat roti you get the grip of the Syrah and then you get that lift of the Viognier in it I'm getting that same kind of well sexiness <laughs> to this wine 
because it's it's a little bit brutish <laughs> up front, and then it just becomes seductive, elegant. Really? Yeah, that's pretty cool, and that's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yes, Zinamavro. And it's from that pretty uh, well, didn't I? the youngest vine, the youngest vine that we use. And when I say youngest, I mean 25, 20, 25 years old and above. All right. Because we have also a philosophy with my brother that uh, the vine must be at least 12 years old yeah. to use it uh, in a bottle, to use the, the wine that uh, produces that vine and put it in a bottle. And this before, is... the, before that... Yeah. Uh, We don't want to use it in uh, and pro, to produ- to produce. Uh, and this is made with organic grapes. This one always, always, and natural. Always. Oh my gosh. Always. I got to tell you that It's, is. Uh, only, a we don't wine. we don't buy grapes. We use only only, yeah. only our own grapes. And is this wine available in the United States? Yes. Wow. I. <laughs> uh, you didn't happen to bring any lamb chops with you. Did you? No. Oh, too bad. Because no. this, um, this and lamb chops. It's too early. <laughs> Never too early for lamb chops. What time is it? Yeah. No, no, yeah. No. Meat sickles. This is a beautiful wine. I would love to have that with roast lamb or lamb chop. That just is stunning. Congratulations. I mean, that's a Thank that's you. a beautiful wine. Just out of curiosity, do you know how much that might retail for? We're looking at uh, something. It looks like three and seven. I'm going to guess $37 is what we're being told from the other side of the studio. So $37 for that? Wow, that's beautiful. That is a great, that's delicious. All right. Actually, I'm going to have one more sip before we move on to the Maybe next two. one. Yeah, you know, like you I said, saw. it's early. I need to. Mm. I start to like, so we can continue. <laughs> Oops, I actually swallowed that one. Oh, my gosh. That's wonderful. No, no one see you. Yeah, no. Right? Except it's me. a podcast. Yes. And who's going to judge? No one. All right. All right. Tell me about this second one. Oh, 2004. 2004. Appellation Gumenisa. Yeah. Now, that's all it says on the label is Gumenisa. It, yes. doesn't, it doesn't tell me a variety. No. Because uh, you have Gumenisa on the label. Right. It means has Sinomavro and Negoska. And at least 20%. At least. Yes. Negoska. Right. Correct. I'm getting good at this. You're, You're going to make good. a Greek wine expert of me yet. This is <laughs> wonderful. So... Um, you'd mentioned Appalachians and Gumani says the smallest. The smallest in Greece. In Greece. How many Appalachians are there in Greece? 18, 19, I think. So not a lot. No. Not a lot. No. Wow. Okay. Again, relating it to what I know, this is a mature Burgundy. I'm really getting a big Burgundy, red Burgundy, beautiful, that earthy, dusty, wow, uh, nose on this. And, um. Really excited. This is, and is it unfiltered? Yes, always. Always. Yes. Always. So we mostly, when we want to bottle a wine, we use the upper valve of the tank. Yeah. So we get the wine straight from the upper valve. No, don't use, uh, we, don't, we do the, the blends or 100% what is from the barrels. We rest the wine in the tank for a couple of months. Uh, rest the wine there, and then we take uh, the wine from the upper valve to put it in bottle. Mm. Wow. So, all right, again, this wine is beautiful. What I'm going to uh, equate it to is the, the other night I had a 1999, again, Pinot Noir. I know this isn't Pinot Noir. Don't, you know, I get that. But I had a 1999 Red Burgundy from a Grand Cru vineyard, and it's similar in the way that it has this beautiful earthy core to the wine, it's different from the, the fruit profile 
that's coming through on this wine is, again, you've got that elegance going on in this wine. But For us, the important thing is to show uh, what the grape can show through time. Mm. That's why I'm the, going the to... The ageability of it. Not only the... the, the mm. That's why we like uh, making uh, natural wine, let's say it like this. The potentials of the variety and what uh, the variety can show us during time. Well, this is at 15. It's uh, it's beautiful. And I think the, again, that earthy, beautiful, dusty core of this wine is intriguing. And again, you know, if I'm thinking about red burgundy, which is so weird to be thinking about red burgundy when I'm drinking a Greek wine, but it's, again, that fruit core is different in, and I'm trying to think of a way to describe it, but other than it's got a lot of uh, more, maybe more of a darker fruit profile to it than I would think of an age of an older Burgundy, but really. Dark forest. Uh, yeah, dark forest fruit. A little bit, you know, and kind of cool because a little baby um, truffle, black truffle in there that, that I really like. Kind of a mushroom truffle thing going on. But sweeter, not sweeter, riper. Not riper. <laughs> <laughs> This one's it's, it's hard to describe other than delicious, which is maybe all That's you need, the beauty. right? Each year must be different. Yeah, you know, maybe some wines Each don't wine need must to be, be different, even, described even in detail. from the first, uh, the same year, uh, the same uh, year. Yeah, you know, and and as and as different as these two wines are, when I said, "Oh man, lamb would be so good with the first one," I'm I'm just thinking, I would love to have maybe duck with this wine. It just why not? Why not? Whatever it's a you beautiful. Feel. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't. You can drink it with anything, right? Yes. You can drink it with oysters if you want. For, Who cares? For, for me, for me, this is the. What would you have with this? I'm curious. What would? What's your perfect meal with this wine? The Gomenisa, uh, the 2014 special Xenomavro, because uh, my mother make uh, stuffed uh, leaves from cabbage, mm-hmm. small one, with beef and uh, pork yeah. and rice, right? And it's delicious and goes very, very well with Xenomavro. Wow. Well, next time you're in the studio, you're gonna have to bring a you know a Tupperware yeah. to cook here. Yeah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> well, Stelios, thank you so much for joining me thank in you. the studio. I it has been Eferisto. Oh, uh, Paragalo. Ah, see, he didn't know I knew that. Um, I really want to <laughs> thank you very much. It's been uh, just such a, a treat having you here. It was a uh, very good uh, for me. Come back. To be here. If they brought me here, I will be here again. Very good. Thank you for listening to The Vine Guy, a WTOP news podcast. Follow me on Twitter at The Vine Guy, and don't forget to catch my Wine of the Week segments on Fridays on WTOP and WTOP.com. Sarah Beth Hensley produced this episode. The music you heard is Wishful Thinking by Dan Leibowitz, available in the YouTube audio library. Until the next episode, remember, do good, drink well.